welcome to the like gang. The show with all the like gang. That's so Um <laughs> As you've noticed, as, you, as you've noticed, um, there's one guy not here. Uh, and trust me, it's not because we kicked the mail or anything. Um, although we wanted to, we held a vote. But for family reasons, uh, Stefano's not here. So for Stefano, it's actually really not that serious, but he's, he's gone because, you know, family commitment. So he's not here. But joining me is kind of the OG team, except for Jeremy. He's just not really an OG. But... <laughs> I've been here longer than Stefano. Sorry? I've been here longer than Stefano. Well, no, I haven't, actually. Who was the first guest? It was probably Jeremy, right? Yeah, Jeremy was our Yeah, but I was a guest back then. I wasn't actually part of the... Yeah, but you can claim like you were here first kind of thing. You plan yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not. But that doesn't mean he's an OG, though. Yeah. I mean, it so... depends on what OG stands for. Original gangster? Yeah, he's he's an original gangster. I was trying to think of something else. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I'll be Habib. Yeah, Jeremy Asifo, he's a real gangster. That's my Habib impression. But anyway, David, say hi to the people. Hi. Hello. Guten Tag. <laughs> uh, and Jeremy, we already talked about football legend. Um, still... A, a force on those fields. Catch him after the virus. He'll be doling out sacks to your favorite quarterback. And Good, Jeremy, good morning, good afternoon. Whenever, whenever you're joining us, welcome to me. Wait, I, I, I just want to say, can I start writing my intro? Because Jeremy gets football legend. Uh, Stefano gets uh, MMA star. Can I get something like football manager legend or FIFA sure, game sure. or something like that? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mad video games, like I could really throw it down with the best of them. So. <laughs> yeah, you kind of do get disrespected a little bit. I'm Everyone just saying, gets a like, thing. I don't get yeah. no titles or nothing. <laughs> Everybody gets a thing. <laughs> you know what kills me? And this is off topic, but you know those people who put their, like, uh, like let's say you have like a BA in chemical engineering and they put it in their email signature get a grip <laughs> you don't like <laughs> nah, man. no because everyone no. i got a ba too you don't see me yeah. just throw that ba out real like, though <laughs> and it's even weirder when you do it in like your um in like your personal email like why have you got like your i can see it i can see if email. you're doing a, a business email business email signature you got the the BA, but even then, even no that, one takes a BA seriously in business. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Let's 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 call it a buck. Yeah. Let's call it a buck. Let's 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 really be honest with each other. Hilarious. I think, a, I think this is an oxymoron. A BA in business, a Bachelor <laughs> of Arts in business. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Exactly. But you see it. You see it, though. That's all. That's all. I'm it to it say. kills me. It kills me. But no, I, I need a version of that for the podcast um, where I just like list off all my accomplishments, like drank six beers this morning, uh, <laughs> played 18 hours of football manager this weekend, something like that. Um, yeah, that yeah. I think would work. Anyway. We got you. A BA in podcasting. Jeez. I actually have a degree. That's the funny part. BA <laughs> <laughs> in podcasting. Anyway. Man. Uh, okay, so let's see. 
Oh, um, the leg kick. There's a numerous amount of ways you can watch the leg kick, a numerous amount of ways you can keep up with the leg kick and listen to the leg kick as well. Um, follow us on Instagram at the leg kick, right? And on Facebook, our group is called the leg kick. If you need information on how to spell that, um, I worry for you and I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> so well, we love you because thank you for even listening. Obviously, I, yes, but you know if you don't know how to spell leg and kick, but you got here, it, it's got. I have questions for you. How about I'm, this, sir? Is there a space? There are spaces. Okay, the space leg space kick for the Facebook and the leg kick, all one word, all lowercase on Instagram. Um, you can catch us on podcasting via SoundCloud, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts. You can catch us via Google Podcasts. You can catch us Spotify, Podcast Addict, and and Anchor Podcasts, and all of the uh, podcasts that Anchor actually distributes to as well. So we're on a lot of forums there. All of the forums, all of the socials, all of the casts. Um, don't forget to send us a, an email at thelegkick1 at gmail.com. Uh, serious business inquiries only. Yeah, yep, yep. All, or questions about your life, I guess, or whatever. Or spam. We'll take that, too. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll take spam. Whatever. Doesn't as matter. long as you're not some Nigerian prince. I think David Even gave too you much prince are. a lot. I'm Nigerian. Free my princes, man. Free my princes. <laughs> right? Uh, Jeremy, tell people where they can actually watch in video form the leg kick. Uh, the U of Tube, but um, the website is just called YouTube. So make sure you go and you look at our handsome, melanin-filled faces and uh, Stefano's uh, uh, white face. Way to stick the landing there, eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, cross him over and take it to the hoop, eh? <laughs> he less face, but still just as handsome as the three of us. Um, but uh, these three guys are taken, so make sure you don't uh, shoot your shot. Uh, I'm not taken, so if you want to shoot your shot. Okay, wait, uh, no. Whoa, no, 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 we're not. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no, no. we invited Henry Cejudo. Watch this on YouTube. Jeez. Watch us on YouTube and so, and so Jeremy's single, I guess. The, bit, bit the visual of us giving our takes on the world of MMA, the world of basketball, the world of soccer, the world of sports, and uh, slide into my DMs, females. All right. Okay. Thank you for that insightful uh, insightful plug of the Jeremy social. signal. We can definitely have a team meeting after this about how we need to work on that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we're all we're plugged up. We're plugged up. Right. Can, can the title of this podcast episode be "Slide in My DMs"? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Hey, let you say something funnier. We'll see. Uh, um, okay. So, did you want to start off with the um, the USC card or some of our non MMA topics? Let's start off with some of the non MMA topics because all right, um, I'm actually very interested in a couple of them um, per se. They were going to be kind of these little news topics, but 
Let's start off with uh, what's going on in the Bundesliga as a statement was made. Um, You know, since you're kind of the soccer guy out of all of us, um, I'd like to give it to you uh, Mm because this is interesting. Mm, Yeah, no, um, just I could keep a super brief shouts out to Jaden Sancho. On several levels. First of all, this is a guy who literally was part of Man City, which is my team's youth academy, um, and is one of those cases how he was really highly touted, and the beautiful, bald genius that is Pep Guardiola, for some reason, didn't see him fit to be with the first team squad. Instead, we were spending $50 million, $60 million on players like Riyad Mahrez, um, and also we promoted Phil Foden, who's a really good player. In fairness, Riyad Mahrez had like a career year with Leicester when they when they spent money. But right now, I ask you a question: Who's a better player? Oh, of course, it's it's Jane Sancho. But okay. and in fairness, I'm just saying we're going we're going 2020 on it a little bit. No, we're only like 12 months removed. Like he was, he had already won the English Under 20 World Cup. And the reason he left was because he was promised to be in the first team. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to do a preseason camp and preseason tour in America, Pep didn't take him. So yeah. he was still at home training with like the kids. And he's like, you know what? No, forget this. I'm good enough. And you know what? It, it, it kind of speaks, once again, uh, I don't want to make any kind of claims here, but I like the story of a young black footballer backing himself, saying, I don't care how good you think I am, I know how good I am, and I'm going to go anywhere because my skills will, will translate. And that's exactly what he did. He went to the Bundesliga, and since then he's been killing it. So much so that there's even a lot of rumors that he might sign for Manchester United, which is just, just That a would be the biggest up yours. I, I don't know how I could deal with that, but shout out to James <laughs> Anyway, today he scores um, a hat trick, which is actually crazy. Um, but on his first goal, he lifts up his he lifts up his shirt and shows uh, justice for George Floyd. We can park the message for a second because I think, even though this is a sport pod, and I, I don't know if we should be getting too much too deep into the nuances of that. What I will say is that um, as much as I want to shout out Jaden Sancho, I also want to use this platform to say I was streaming the game on Fox Sports 1. Fox, you should be ashamed of yourself. The coverage you gave that very moment was disgraceful. Not only did you not point or focus on the message of his shirt, there was no mention of it. You didn't, he got booked, yellow carded, because when you take your shirt off. Yeah, that's that's an automatic yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time I've ever watched soccer, they've always said the customer refrain of, and blah, 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 player gets the yellow card for taking his his shirt off, but I'm sure he won't mind. There was none of that. They didn't even address it once. In fact, there was a player who was protesting the fact that Sancho was offside for the goal or something. He was just mad, so much so he got a yellow card. They didn't talk about the yellow card that Sancho got. They talked about the yellow card the other player got for protesting it two minutes later. Two minutes later after the match had restarted, the guy was just droning on and on. And I don't want to be too critical of the commentator because I get it. It's just his job and there's probably a producer in his ear saying, hey, literally, I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, but 
the second it happens, we're probably like, don't even bother. Don't even bother talking about it. Like, just stay away from it. This is soccer. This isn't politics. And I can respect You know what? I, I do. I will say, I remember, I can't remember specifically the commentator's name, but I remember a wrestling commentator, Joey Styles. That's his name. So Joey Styles, he's relatively famous as a wrestling commentator. Um, he was commentating for Ring of Honor, which is kind of an independent promotion. And um, he, he, he made a joke regarding Trump's, uh, you know, sexual assault allegations um, mm-hmm. like in 2016. Remember the whole thing about, um, you know, I just I just do blank blank or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he made like a, a joke. Right. Um, that was kind of offhand. And but because Ring of Honor is broadcasted by the Sinclair Group and everyone knows how right wing and conservative the Sinclair Group was, he kind of got the can because the the whole thing that his uh, producer told him was and who's also kind of the head one of the head writers of Ring of Honor told him was don't make a joke about politics, and he made a joke about politics. So I can definitely see him saying definitely. Yeah holding his tongue because of for real and i respect that and as somebody who is employed and understands how difficult how you can work your entire life to get into the position where you're basically getting paid to do what you love mm-hmm. so why would you risk that just for a comment that you know how much impact are you really making however i just want to say that this is the exact kind of hypocrisy that makes racism not only th- that, that that makes racism exist but thrive in soccer because it's not just the racists it's not just the people who are explaining yeah, yeah not, it's not even like a blatant or an obvious even if you're not racist it's not just the people who are racist it's the people who tolerate it it's the people mm. who quiet when it happens it's the thousands of people in a stadium who sit by and do nothing when there's hundreds of people chanting racist stuff, throwing bananas on the pitch. Um, to the, I mean, just please, if you are a soccer fan, look up Samuel Eto'o and just look up his yeah, story. Yeah. I mean, it, like this is stuff that's been happening. Like it still happens today. And the irony is that we have campaigns like kick it out racism or kick it out whatever, kick racism out of soccer. I don't even know what it's called. But at the same time, here we are, a dude is doing something that is promoting that, and yet, for some reason, it's not worthy of being discussed. It's embarrassing. Yeah, no, I think as a whole, I think as a whole, you you know, it's, see, I thought we really took a stride forward when, sorry, am I breaking up? You guys can hear me, right? We can hear you. Um, But yeah, I thought we really took a stride forward when, sorry, Okay, I broke up. My bad, my bad. But I think what I was going to say is I thought we took a strike forward when um, the whole, you know, the George Floyd thing happened, right? And I don't want to say the thing, but, you know, it, it happened. And universally, whether you were right or left, people kind of had a disdain and a disgust for the act, right? So I would have liked to see at least kind of an acknowledgement that it happened. You got what I'm saying? But it didn't happen. Yeah, that that, that, that announcement probably doesn't even care, to be honest. Or or maybe that um, producer of the broadcast didn't care because not even to say, oh, it's great to see 
players standing up for something they believe in another country away, like that's at least acknowledging it. So if you don't even acknowledge it, that tells me that you either don't agree with what's going on, like with the support of George Floyd or that you, you like, you don't care or you're timid. And it's just like David said, that feeds into racist acts and that, that, that standing by doing nothing means you're on the side of the oppressor. So. Yeah, no, I can see the reason why he the reason why he lifted his shirt is because he was probably expecting the broadcaster to address it and and uh, make it known to uh, the viewers of of that game or that match. I don't think he even wanted the broadcaster to um, to say anything like the commentator specifically. I, I agree, though, that he probably. I mean, he ran towards a towards a camera and lifted his shirt up, so he's definitely looking for attention. Um, but I think it's in the good way in that it's obviously for a good cause. And honestly speaking, as somebody who's millions of miles away from Germany, I don't know, Jaden Sancho, I appreciated that yeah. this young millionaire, killing it, just absolutely killing it, is like he cares about these kind of things. He's not even from the U.S. Yeah. Like, He's from England. Like he has no reason to care about that. But yeah, I was gonna it shows say how pervasive is, the issue is. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. I, no, I, no, no I was just gonna say, you know, it's great. The, the what interests me about this is that here you got a guy who's it, literally across an entire ocean, right, <laughs> willing to sacrifice a yellow card to say a message, right? Um. And people have to understand that two yellow cards and you miss an important game, right? Every game in the mm-hmm. Bundesliga or in the Premier League. So you're literally sacrificing money for your squad on the table, right? And therefore money for yourself on the table just for a message, right? So I think I think that that's what interests me the most about this story. Um, but bringing up that Fox thing is also kind of another interesting point. And it kind of... it. it it kind of goes behind because I always like you guys know I'm a nerd for broadcasting, right? So I'm a nerd in general, but a nerd for broadcasting and how much in broadcasting decisions. Why did you decide to do this instead of this? Why did you decide to do um, Y and Z? And we even got into a little bit during the fight companion when it came to Walt Harris that, right? I, I like these. I, I I don't. I'm fascinated by why people make the decisions they do when they're broadcasting a show, and mm-hmm. so for them to. Um, not really address it was kind of it was fascinating um, not necessarily in a bad or good way but it was just fascinating to me that they didn't like what's going on behind the scenes right um, are they deciding to just kind of put their head down until it's all over um, you know was it something that he just kind of didn't think of in the moment because he's getting hit with so much information which does happen you know getting inundated with so much information I don't know what happened. Look, I, all I'm going to say is that I've been watching soccer for pretty much as long as I can remember. And never in my life have I watched a soccer game where a player got a yellow card and it was not addressed. I've never seen that. Like, it's literally part of, like, I don't want to say the rule book, but it's important that they that the viewer recognizes that the card happened. They show a graphic for a reason, and they yeah. say it out loud also just so that they show that if you get booked again, this is why you're getting sent off because it happened before. But I don't even know. You know what? I'm, I, I don't want to. It, it should be noted there was two yellow cards on the play. There was two yellow cards. One to Jaden and one to the guy with the offside. That's what I'm saying. So 
I like, again, I'm not. I, I think I'm more inclined to agree with you two, to be honest. Um, but what I am saying is, is that I find it fascinating. No, I find it completely fascinating. And then just let, really quickly on this, then you got Joe Rogan putting out this weird cryptic Instagram post. Like what? Like what are you doing? And I know Joe Rogan's not a racist. And congratulations, hundred mil, super happy. But what was that post this morning about people freaking out over something thousands of miles away? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you actually talking about? Look, I like what is okay. what is he talking about? And then under the comments, you got people like, yeah, Joe. People don't even know what's real anymore. Like, what what are you doing? Like, whose side are you on? And not that there's sides in this, because there is no sides. It's just like, what's going on? Like, okay. what, what messages are we putting out there? See, I want to be I want to be very careful when I critique Joe Rogan because I actually do like him for the most part. I think for the most part, his podcast is very interesting in the sense that um, you very he's one of the few guys where he's willing to have a conversation with both sides, mm. right? But I think whenever the conversation gears to or potentially has to gear towards to gear towards Trump, he gets a little skittish in condemning things that Trump does. I'm not saying he's a Trump supporter per se, but what I am saying, though, is you have to understand the history of Trump and MMA. And depending on who you talk to, Trump was an instrumental part of keeping MMA afloat or at least was a supporter of MMA during a bad time. And so when you're Joe Rogan and when you are kind of delving into politics and someone brings up Trump, I it's very interesting to me how he does these mental gymnastics to avoid putting blame on Trump, which he does a lot. I think I think David is addressing you are you like I don't I haven't seen the Joe Rogan thing, but I'm guessing the way you put it that Joe Rogan's addressing the rioting and the looting that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So based on that, I think uh it doesn't have anything it's like I don't think the reason why I bring up Trump, have, sorry, I, I should have one second though. One second though. I don't think you even have to address Trump. If you're addressing the looting and and the the uh, rioting, then you're then then standing in support of people who uh, are rioting because that officer wasn't con- uh, wasn't uh, arrested yet is just supporting the fact that an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So. And I want to be very clear um, on a couple of things. First of all, I don't think Joe Rogan's a racist. Like, I want to be. I, really I don't serious. think so either. I, I don't I just, think that. I do think that sometimes he can be a little too centrist, in my opinion. And his, um, because he wants to appear neutral in all situations and objective, he can sometimes allow certain ideologies to foster and fester within his core fan base. That's just the truth. And we know who listens to Joe Rogan. Me and you guys, obviously, but mostly people that don't look like us. And that's totally fine. But he has to also take responsibility, for, in my opinion, if I was Joe Rogan, but I'm not. So that's why I think this way. But Okay, let me preface what I'm trying to say, though, is that when I bring up Trump, I'm saying that Trump condemned the riots and the looting, right? I know, and but so I can definitely see a connection between him going, eh, I don't know if I should, you know. I think he does, eh, I don't know a little bit too much, but to give him some credit, he does bring on an expert, usually, and an expert from both sides. So I give him 
give us some props there. My thing, though, is, yeah, just when you put that kind of messaging out, you have to, and I'm, I know Dave Chappelle is talking to him because he's close buddies with Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle's probably forgotten more about civil, like, civil rights movements than all of his combined. But I know he's talking to people like that, so, like, why? Like, why are you doing that? Are you in support? Because if you are, come out and say it. Like, if you're not in support, okay, say it. Then let's know which side you're on. Or if you're neutral, okay, then maybe now is not the time to comment on such a hot topic issue. But why would you not be commenting? Anyway, that that's besides the point. Um, I had one more point. To shoot him some bail on, on Trump, because I actually watched a few Joe Rogan podcasts uh, recently. He's actually very critical of Trump. Just like now, but remember, for a good three years, people were like asking, like, what's going on? Yeah, but I can respect remaining silent or in the middle until your opinion has been formed, until you have enough evidence to form your opinion. I, I can respect that. And I know it's hypocritical of me to say, like, why aren't you freaking out about George Floyd? But it, it, it's just, I, I, I don't know. Like, for me, that rubbed me the wrong way when I woke up this morning and saw just, like, a video of, like, you know, the riots. And I don't, I don't know what side, what he's trying to say with it. And I see the comments, and the comments are basically, like, anti-riots, anti-process, which, you know, is fair enough and to be understandable. But, like, come on, Joe. You don't need to do that. I don't, and also, I don't think I don't think condemning racism should be a centrist thing. Like it shouldn't be a left or right thing. Like no, it's racism not. Should be a human being thing. Like if you're a compassionate human being who doesn't who 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 feel who if you're if you're a human being, right, Jeremy, you've lived in America. You know, you know how people are. You can see that it's not it's not it's not um, it's not a mystery. <laughs> Unarmed black men are being disproportionately murdered than other races. Like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Like, it shouldn't be a left or right thing. It's like, not a left or right thing. And, it's really and, not. And but, I don't. But all I'm I don't. Is I don't sorry, sorry, go what? Go ahead. Sorry. Go. No. Go ahead. No. Go, go ahead, ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've always, I've always, like, when it started, I was like, you know, we can change. Um, we can change this corrupt, these corrupt police departments by voting electing officials in your local, your provincial elections. We, and I felt this from the beginning, but also there is something to be said about people being frustrated. Um, and it's just, it was, and I was frustrated too, the fact that, that it took four days for this guy to get arrested. Like, that's the one thing I want to focus on. That really, like, got on my nerves. And I can understand why people would take to the streets and start protesting. And then just see, and, and when you're protesting and you're seeing police in riot gear, that tr that triggers something. And I can see why a riot would, would break out and looting would break out. It, it sucks that they have to do this to their own community, but it's not like it's not like I don't understand. And for people to say that they don't understand, you're being ignorant in a way. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just I just want to say two things. Um, one, you lived in America. You know how they play teams with everything. Even masks are a political issue, which is weird. Like, I, why would why would a mask, you know, to protect yourself from a virus be a political issue? Right. But they make it one. That's that's what they do in America. They they make things a left or right issue. Um, 
you know, so I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm shocked, you know, I'm concerned, but I'm not surprised. Um, you know, and in Canada, quite frankly, we don't do it as much, but we do pick sides on certain things that you don't think we should pick, pick sides on. And it's unfortunate, but it is. The other thing, though, and this is, I guess, back to segue back to sports is people riot for everything. And so the fact that I think a, a lot of people are kind of getting mad at, um, you know, at, at black sediments about this is kind of telling, right, about yourself when, you know, you remain silent for certain riots. So. I don't know. I it's it's an interesting conversation um, because it's a conversation that I don't have the answers to on what's the like what's the right way to protest, what's the right way to get results. Um, you know, should should I be frustrated? Should I not be frustrated? Um, I don't really have all the answers to it, but what I will say is is that when you're seeing the timelines play out my general thoughts and opinions on it are what I've said, you know, generally. <laughs> Deep. Anyway, um, to re- just since we're talking about process also just quickly, and uh, then I think we should move on to mm-hmm. like the rest of the topics. Uh, Justice for Regis Korchinski Paquette. Yes. yes. Familiar with what happened. Um, but I just think it's important to say that as well, because yeah, let's not forget that there's stuff going on in Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, we, it, for everyone who's familiar with that one, please, you know, look up, research, you know, take, take read stuff on that, watch stuff on that. Um, th- oh, by the way, they did hold a protest for yesterday. Um, it was mostly peaceful from what I heard. Um, you know, I would like to see more mass in that, in that protest. I'm going to be honest. No, look, look, the virus is still a thing, right, guys? Yeah, man. But also, man, what are we protecting? If you, yeah, you know what, I I feel you, but also some things are more important. Of course, of course. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying don't go out there. I'm not saying don't go out there. Wear a mask, wear a mask. Yeah, wear a mask, protect yourself. Protect others from yourself because you don't. Yeah. This the, the virus it takes like what up to fourteen days if you're not careful for it to for you to finally show symptoms. So, you know. Um, oh, um, what the hell? Sorry. Crashing. Oh no. Okay, David, come back on the line when you're ready. Okay. Oh no no I'm good. My video oh. game just crashed. Oh. oh, oh okay. Okay. Oh, and anyway, anyway, we're we're back. We're back. What's up? All right, all right. Your video's kind of crashed too. I'm, oh, has it? Yeah. But anyway, if we can still hear you, that's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, now to shift the sports. You know, now that we kind of, you know, got a little heated, got our blood boiling a bit on that. Um, have you guys heard of kind of the NHL and the NBA's formats for returning to play? No. Okay, so this is interesting. I get to explain something. I, I have heard, I've heard a few things. So, so in terms of the NBA, oh, David's back. Excuse me. In terms of the NBA, um, not the NBA, the NHL, they've actually finalized their, their format to play, and it's actually quite interesting. So 
what the NHL is going to do is they're going to have a 24-team playoff, right? 12 on the East, 12 on the West. Now, the top four teams in the in each conference get a bye, right? They get a bye, but they will have to play each other in a round-robin for seeding. So who gets the number one seed, who gets the number two seed, et cetera, and so forth. Um where it gets so they play for seedings and then seeds five to twelve in each conference will play each other to a best of five. Right? Uh so if like let's say you're the Leafs, um, for example, they are in eighth place, they'll be facing Columbus, who's in ninth place, they'll be playing best three out of five. So the winner of that best three out of five, let's say Leafs win. 3-0 would be facing off against one of the four top seeds, for example. Um, now, depending, so I thought this was interesting because depending on uh, who gets the top seed, you can see a rematch in the second round between the Leafs and the Boston Bruins, right? Um, and everyone kind of knows their kind of storied history um, of the Leafs losing against the Boston Bruins, you know, typically in a game seven. Right. Um, you know, just just have to put salt in the wounds there. Just just a little. So, yeah, this this was kind of interesting. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, returning to play with uh, the NHL. Do you guys like the format um, as explained? Is do you guys have any concerns with it? Um, you know, uh, I like it. I like the fact that the Leafs are going to get a chance to be in the playoffs because the way the season was going, even though it kind of looked like they found some life there with the new coach and everything, uh, it still kind of looked like <clears throat> the playoffs weren't a possibility this season. So the fact that they actually get to compete, except it kind of sucks for teams who are already a lock for the playoffs because it's like they got to go through like possibly being eliminated <clears throat> like in a best three out of five uh, for, against a team that was like, you know, not inferior. Yeah, exactly. So, but like, as somebody of a fan, as a fan of a team who uh, who was like kind of touch and go there in terms of a playoff berth, I like it. Um, I like the fact that the NHL is like one of the first in terms of the Big Four to uh, put something together in terms of resuming to play. But it's supposed to be in August, right? Yeah, it's going to be in August, and they're going to have two hub cities. So it's not going to be – it's going to be undisclosed locations so far. Um, I'm hearing um, Disney World. Okay. Is it Disney well, World? Like that. Is one of them, and then the other one I think is going to be something else. Yeah, I like that. But I also like the fact that this also means that possibly next season will start, um, like, with the Winter Classic because it'll be, like – Oh, you'll have oh, I see what you're talking about, yeah. And the season will start, like, in New Year's, and it'll just be, like, a, a good time for, like, for like the NHL to start again. So, uh, I mean, this is going to change sports for, like, a couple of years, but I kind of like, like, um, I kind of like what this might mean for next season as well, to be honest. You know what? I've always kind of said, though, that I, I kind of get the business side of it, right? You need to, you need to, you know, keep your dates 
as much as you can. But I've always said that the NBA and the NHL, especially, especially the NHL, play too many games anyway. Why not start it New Year's 60-game season, go to playoffs? Like, I, 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 no, I, definitely want, I definitely want it to go back to the way it was before. But just based on, like, how, many, how much sports we've missed so far, like, for the next couple of years, I can live with the way it's going to be. But I like the other way better. I just want to say that. But this way is kind of be is going to have its exciting kind of move, moments too. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so moving on to the NBA. So the NBA, um, they haven't finalized theirs yet, but they're expecting to vote on Thursday. Now, oh my 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 thing crashed. Okay, so I can't even see. Oh, there it is. Okay, so um, they're going to have a vote on Thursday. They're expected to have a vote Thursday as to what they're going to do, and they're reportedly deciding for July 31st to be kind of the, the start date of like a, of a salvageable solution to return to play. Um, they've got four formats that are kind of interesting, and they, you know, each of them are kind of, depending on what you think, could help out. Now, their first format is 16 teams, so the best 16 teams in the league play each other um, as if it was Eastern Conference playoffs, Western Conference playoffs, right? You know, you got 16 teams, 1 to 16 plays each other, 2 to 15, so on and so forth. Best 4 out of 7, um, and until they get to the NBA Finals and one team wins the league. Uh, Damian Lillard was not a fan of that, by the way, and he complained on, t- on Twitter to which he got some backlash and some support, depending on who you are. Um, the number two um, idea is is that um, what they'll do is they'll have kind of a they'll have kind of a amalgamation of the first idea with a twist. They'll have twenty teams, okay? They'll and they would have kind of a play-in tournament. Yeah, right. So they would basically have. Um, would it be the bottom three teams play in? Yeah, they would have like um, I think it was two or I can't remember how many what how many teams were going to be in. I think it was two or three teams. Um, but basically, there was going to be four teams. They're going to play kind of a round robin twice, like twice over, um, almost like the World Cup. And winner of it gets to go into the into the playoffs. Um, Kevin Winhorse famously said that this is the get Zion into the playoffs idea. So, <laughs> right, because the New Orleans Pelicans would technically be a bubble team. Okay, so, right, um... But yeah, so yeah, those that was another one. The other two, I don't think I'm I'm with. Um, you know, they they have 22 teams, so they bring basically it's 16 teams, right? They would bring six teams to Orlando, right? And then you would have um, kind of a play play in tournament from there where the each team does our round robin. Two teams get to get to come in, and then you have 
them play the eighth seeds of each conference. I'm, I'm not really messing with that one. I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's kind of weird. Too much and basketball. Then, sorry? Too much basketball. Yeah, it's too much basketball. And then this one is kind of weird. 30, so they bring all 30 teams to Orlando, and then they have a 72-game uh, regular season tournament, right? Um, regular season, and then hold a play-in tournament uh, to get in. I think I think it, obviously the the first two are the interesting ones, and then the next two you kind of forget about. Who cares? Um, but all are on the table. Um, those are the ones that they've you've heard sources about this, um, talk about. So given all those ones, I know the NBA is probably the our second favorite sport besides MMA. If you had to pick between the four, which one would you say you need to? we would go to. I like the second one. I like the second one where you have like maybe like the four outside teams looking in on each conference and then like you have a round robin and then two of those four teams get to be in the playoffs and then it'd be like 10 teams and you'd have number the first seed playing the 10th seed. And Yeah, I kind of like that. Dave, let me... Sorry, what was the first idea again? 16 teams, just two, oh, one to 16, get in. Let's get, let's get it over with. Um, yeah, let's get it over with. That I like the 16, yeah. I like, like the first one, too. Yeah. 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 I think it's more so, like, I, the reason why I want to see maybe two extra teams get in is probably because I, I want to see Zion, probably. I think that's, that's the thing. Yeah, I had a couple of thoughts on that. Um, first of all, that idea where they the get Zion Williamson um, idea. Oh my goodness. Are you like, talk about lack of sporting integrity. Embarrassed. Well, to be fair, that's what, they, that's Just what say you want the money. Just say you want the like people to watch Zion. Like yeah. that's fine. To be fair. That's that what the team is not making the playoffs. <laughs> Man, it wasn't, it wasn't what the NBA said. It's what um, Windhorse said. Windhorse said that one, which is look, you got the NBA has lost billions of dollars due to this virus. Billions. Um, if they want to make it up by having Zion Williamson in, fine. Okay. No, 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 no. The NBA has been funneling billions of dollars for years. Sorry, I'm not rolling. Just because. I want to change mine because I feel like the. The 20-T playoff screws it up. So, yeah, I want to go. I would say just go. No, I want to go all 16, and I want to do it. Honestly, the reason why I want to go 16 is not because of of Zion Williamson. It's because of Damian Lillard. Because let this be a lesson to him and the Portland Trailblazers, who clearly were laying an egg in the beginning of the season, and now now they want to complain, right? They're four games back. They were four and six before the coronavirus hit. They are historically bad on defense, and they want to complain. Well, you know what? You did this to yourself. So I would actually like a 16-game season in spite of Damian Lillard. I don't I'd like him to learn a lesson. Anyone can say I don't have any issues with a 16-game season. The the I'm oh, sorry, 16-game playoff. Like let's just get it over. The season was basically done. Don't get me wrong. There's still a couple of positions in both conferences that people are fighting for, but 
the season was basically done. We knew who, for the most part, the playoff teams were. Um, and, like, what are we waiting for? Like, why are we doing Those this? Those teams that were on the fringe were, were going to get bounced out in this first round. Anyway. Like, yeah, it's, it's, like, realistically, yeah. what are we doing this for? Is it because are the Pelicans going to win? No, no but they want to see Zion. They want to see Zion pull a Jordan have forty points a game in the playoffs. That's what they they want. And right. no, I just think that like I think that if you are in the case of Portland Trailblazers, they're complaining because they 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 want a chance to get in, but they weren't going to get in anyway. And in the case of New Orleans, they got a lot of talent um, and potential and a lot of th- a lot of pieces that people want to see, but they're mm-hmm. just not there yet. And so that's why they're doing it. I want to uh, see how many um, Eastern teams are going to be on there. Because also, maybe this is a lesson that the whole, oh, yeah, the teams aren't even. Oh, sorry, the conferences aren't even. All the best teams are in the West. Um, maybe that myth can die. And we can just admit that the balance goes from conference to conference every few years. Thank uh, you. Because I've, I've tried to have this argument with people, and they don't listen. They don't listen. It's 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 stupid. The West does not just hope, like it's not like the West drank the ta- the the chalice of talent and all of a sudden have the better conference every year. It's yeah. not a thing. Stop. Well, like with the with the regular sixteen team seating, like will the, will will it be all Eastern Conference teams play each other or will they mix it up? It'll be one to sixteen. Um, they would always do that. So then, would we be upset if the Raptors didn't get to play the Celtics for the first time? And since the Raptors have like they had this culture shift, honestly, no. But <laughs> no, I mean, about it'd the Celtics, be it'd be fun though to see. Like, it'd be fun at this moment in 2020 to see how the Raptors and the Celtics st- stack up against yeah, each other. Honestly. It would be fun, but it it's not. I'm not. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, need a I'm check. Not I don't care about the Celtics, man. Bring me it the would check. be a fun right match now, with the Celtics. Right now, the Raptors would be matched up against Memphis. Yeah. Which, be, which would be amazing. We we would murder them. Yeah. And it's fine. Oh, I shouldn't say yeah. we, but the Raptors yeah, would be we should, what, should call it? what we should do is do a bracket um, over the next couple of weeks, maybe, if there's no fights on, and talk about the uh, two uh, the teams. If the 1-16 to 16 happens, it'll yeah. be Lakers versus Magic. Slap Nets Slap. versus uh, Lakers. Sorry, Bucks versus Magic. Nets versus Lakers, which is actually pretty interesting <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, I, I know they said they don't want KD to come back for this year, he's not but, not for but this year. He's LeBron play. versus KD. LeBron versus KD and Kyrie. Please, this isn't pickup, man. You can't please, I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees. <laughs> then you got what's it called? Uh, Clippers versus. Uh, well, I already said Raptors versus Grizzlies. Clippers versus Mavericks, which is a great, great game. Um, 76ers versus Nuggets. Uh, Jazz versus Pacers. Um, I've, I've messed this up. <laughs> uh, Heat versus Thunder. Damn, my math is bad. All right, there's one missing, but you get my point. Yeah. I think even like this, this is pretty watchable as is. I think the NBA is wanting to do the 1 to 16 and get rid of the conferences anyway. This is just an excuse for them to workshop some stuff. But, this is, but it's kind of unfair to some Western Conference teams who are out of the playoffs who have a better record than the Nets and the Magic. Not really, because this is not really. They're, they're just 16. going 1 to 16 based on their record. Yeah. Right? So and there's, technically, no, there's, some, there's technically eight 
Eastern teams and eight Western teams. There's no imbalance right now. Yeah, there's no. The, the whole point. The whole I, point like, is, I felt like the. I felt like the. Um, who was it? I felt like the Kings had a better record than the Magic. No. No. And 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 the Trailblazers did not either, right? And this is my whole thing oh. is that you know they they like the the Portland Trailblazers are way too talented to have the record they did. They have a worse record than the Orlando Magic, and they're complaining. They're complaining. How can you complain, right? Um, Shout out to the Brooklyn Nets, man. Yeah. No, no Kyrie, no KD. Yeah, man. It just shows teamwork makes the dream work. Shout out to the Brooklyn Nets. They have easily the best team spirit in the league. I don't care what anyone says. For sure, for sure. If only their star players would uh, would join that team spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, moving on. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about uh, say about the NBA? No, that was it. Uh, let's see. Um, let's talk about fighting. Sure. So, uh, Woodley versus Burns, yeah, I think, was that. one of the more interesting and thorough beatings I've ever seen that's gone the distance. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I was actually really shocked. First of all, I think Tyron Woodley was a comfortable, if I'm not mistaken, was a pretty comfortable favorite for that fight. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think put, I should have put some shekels on uh, Gilbert Burns. I'll say that. I, I don't even think I heard of. I don't even think I heard of Burns. I was no, like, you know? Uh, Gilbert Arenas, Gilbert Arenas is fighting in the MMA. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I heard. I, no, I think I. I think I heard of like one of his fights, but still though, like. Woodley was, yeah, Woodley was a favorite. Yeah, Gilbert Arenas would be great in the NBA. Right? <laughs> uh, great reach, he's explosive. <laughs> Not too you late, know, Right? I, I hear I hear his strikes are like bullets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I was ashamed of my unintentional explosive pun. Yours, shame. You did that on purpose. <laughs> um... Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, Gilbert Burns. Yeah, man. No, it was it was pretty interesting because, and it's just one of those thoughts that I keep having. What happens when you sit out the sport for too long? What happens when you're not active and you're not fighting the best of the best like you once were? What happens when you're sitting waiting for these kind of tailor-made fights um, and they don't come? And then you have to take another fight with this young up-and-comer. Like, man, the game is moving way too fast for people to be sitting on the laurels. And I'm not saying that that's what Tyron Woodley did, um, especially because if you think back, he beat the Levin Briggs out of Darren Till, um, who was like a young up-and-comer at the time. But, yeah, this was just a totally different fight because I thought that Woodley's wrestling would pretty much dominate but that's not what happened at all. At all. At In fact, all. Gilbert Burns was like securing takedowns yeah. and knocking Woodley down. Like yeah. in the first round. Yeah, man. It was, it was. Yeah. So, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of thought this was more of a good performance from Burns than a bad performance from Woodley. Because at first, see, man, how do I explain this? At first, I thought that. Woodley didn't come to fight tonight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and and I think he did it That's to an extent. Shocking. Yeah, you know, definitely you know, did. You know, I I think he definitely didn't uh, like to an extent because 
you know, I feel like there used to be an old version of him where he was always a counter striker, but he used to force actions out of you with pressure, right? He would walk you down a little bit, you know, every once in a while kind of faint and make you worry about that overhand you right. Said that recently, actually, uh, well, on uh, the group chat. And I actually think that, and here's an idea. Oh, are you still there? Hello, Michael. I think he's gone. He's gone. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, um, yeah, Gilbert. Oh, oh, oh he's, he's back, back Michael? Yeah, Snap. Uh, what was I that? Cut out, Michael. Sorry? You cut out. You cut out. Hello. Hello. I'm here. I'm here. All right. Raise your mic. Go ahead, David. Um, what was I going to say? That, um, first of all, yeah, Gilbert Burns beat Damian Maya before this fight, uh, which is no, not a bad fight. Not a bad win at all. Um, but my thought is, it's interesting you bring up this pressure thing, because I'd like to think, and I'll put, pitch it as a question to you. Do you think the days of pressure fighters with limited striking offense or just limited tools in their toolbox being effective is over. Because if you think about it, like a lot of the top guys are either pressure fighters with like really specific skill sets or and like specialized moves or counter strikers. Um, hmm. You know what? I've always kind of with Tyron Woodley. Um, and there's a couple people who've said this, and I, I've watched back and I've agreed with it to to an extent. Is there is a book on the way to beat Tyron Woodley? Um, even back when he, he was an up and comer and he was in Strike Force, the book was you have to be versatile. You have to be a guy who can do it all to an extent, and you have to change his eye level, right? So you got to make you got to screw up his timing. Right. And so guys like Darren Till, for example, where, you know, they're predominantly strikers, he can kind of settle into a rhythm and a timing of how they're going to fight because he doesn't have to worry about the takedown as much. He doesn't have to worry about the clinch, per se. He just knows Darren Till is a left handed guy who wants that left straight and his defense is the lean back. Right. But against guys like Rory McDonald, for example, who he lost to. You know, where Roy McDonald is a guy who's more of a well-rounded guy, you know what I'm saying? Not exactly, he's not going to explode out of the gym. He's not like the greatest athlete in the world, but he's a guy who can wrestle. He's a guy who's got a great jab, and he's a guy who's, you know, pretty solid in the clinch. It screws Tyron Woodley up, right? So I don't necessarily, I while I'm inclined to agree with you, I think there is an argument to be said that Tyron Woodley just doesn't do well against versatile guys, against guys who change his eye level, right? Um, But I also, here's the thing. I think Gilbert Burns came out really, he looked thick. He looked explosive. He was strong. You know what I'm saying? He looked good, right? And at the same token, I also do think that um, Ben Askren said it best. Tyron Woodley is such a perfectionist. That he, you know, I can I can hear the argument of he's having a crisis of confidence 
with landing the perfect shot because he doesn't know what's the perfect shot. You get what I'm trying to say? Not really. Expand on that, please. Okay. So, you know, with counterfighters, a lot of times what discourages a counterfighter um, is they they throw a strike and it gets blocked, right? They throw a strike and it gets parried, right? Because they're behind eight ball. While the guy's pressuring them and hitting them with one, two, three, four shots, they're trying to land something heavy one time to get the judge's attention. But the problem is, is that if it doesn't land, then you're behind the eight ball. And so it kind of frustrates you and frustrates you and you keep going for this home run ball rather than kind of, you know, Hitting for singles, hitting for doubles, kind of so to speak. And I think that he's, I think there is something to be said that Tyron Woolley is just looking for that one home run shot. And he's not necessarily fighting to win the fight. He's fighting to win the rounds. He's kind of fighting to, to land and, and knock somebody out. Um, I mean, it's it's a thought. It's a thought. It's not no, me. I can see where you're coming from. Um, I just think that he was once again way too tentative. Um, Gilbert Burns came out ready to like hit somebody, and Tyron for that first round was just waiting. And you could see like he he knew he had dropped the first round, uh, obviously because he got knocked down. But all, uh, in the second round, he came out like a bat out of hell, and I actually think he won that round. But eventually uh gilbert burns it's interesting you say diverse because i actually think that tyron woodley is probably a more well-rounded fighter than gilbert burns really because if you think about it he's a bjj black belt if i'm not mistaken he's an ncaa uh division one wrestler and striking uh, which is going to be my main point was his striking was really interesting because if you look at look at it it was very he'd spent like uh, training camp in Muay Thai, sorry in uh, sorry in Thailand before this. So he had mm-hmm. a very Muay Thai stance, not even kickboxing. More he was stood like straight up and mm-hmm. was bouncing on his toes. Yes, but not as much as you would think. He he's got that new age hybrid style where they like to kind of move a little, but not yeah. as. It's still Muay Thai, for example. It looks super fluid. It looks super nice. I'm wondering whether he would be a better Muay Thai fighter <laughs> than like than like a uh, what's it called than an MMA fighter because like it, it, his stand up like form wise it was really pretty but yeah unfortunately, and even grappling too you know what he survived like Gilbert Burns is a world champion BJJ um, yeah, BJJ Right. Oh, yeah, no, he's like, uh, yeah, his, yeah, his grappling was pretty good, yeah. And, you know, for Tyron Woodley to survive in the mount, in the mount. Do you, you remember know? that, uh, what's it called, that um, uh, guillotine he had? Yeah. Like, that was deep. I mean, there was only, like, 15 seconds when he had it locked in, but, like, it was deep. It was, I think it was a darts. Yeah, he got the darts, and then he got the, yeah, he got the half guard and turned to the side there um, when he wrapped up the legs. Um, it was either a darts or an anaconda, I can't remember, but... Um, the point is, is that, you know, Gilbert had him in a couple spots that looked kind of bleak and Tyron did a good job surviving and not just surviving, but, you know, doing technical things. Mm. So I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. I, I just think that Tyron Woodley doesn't. Momentum. I think it has to do with momentum, like taking a year off versus coming right. into a fight ready to go. 
uh, after racking up like solid wins. I think it's momentum. Like <clears throat> me too. I was surprised that Tyron that Tyron Woodley looked kind of pedestrian on the ground. Like I think it, I think it, it speaks to the momentum of like how the fighters came in, and also the fashion in which you won the fights previous to the fight that you're coming into. Yeah, I just think that. Yeah, I don't know. This is a crossroads for Woodley because I don't see him fighting any of the guys. Like, I don't want to see him fighting like some guy that no, like some of the lower ranked guys because I feel like he's too good of a fighter. But at the same I mean, time, keep in mind he is also 38. Yeah, he's straight horribly. You I know? mean, yeah. But two straight is not the end of the world. Fighters can it's come back not. from two straight. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, Wonder Boy lost two straight, right? Exactly. You know, so. I mean, um, name, Gilbert Burns, who just beat uh, Damian Maya. Uh, before this, Damian Maya was on like two straight before then. Yeah. He's like 40, right? So. Yeah, no, I definitely. I, I Look, I think there's. I think Tyron Woolley is an adjustment change away from being a world champion, you know? But. I think it's, I think it's just Marum is a bad matchup for him. If I'm just gonna keep it a buck, and I think anybody who's like a dynamic striker is a bad matchup for him. Well, I think if you're well, he proved and that a good, okay. and a good wrestler and a good wrestler. I think that he proved that he can strike with with the strikers and he can grapple with the grapplers. He's done it, right? I've seen I've seen it. Um, it's just whenever you get guys who can do it all and do it all and like. Do it all on fight night. It, you know he tends to get a little skittish on his timing, and I can I I just I can hear that being just kind of the kryptonite. When you look at Tyron Woodley's five losses, right? Um, you know Kamar Usman, Gilbert Burns, obviously, but again Roy McDonald, he's one of those guys. Jake Shields, more of a grappler, more of a grappler, um, and this is Tyron Woodley in his early days, but. You know, he's a guy that, again, changes the eye level on guys, right? Um, you know, Nate Marquardt, you know, beat him up, up against the fence, backed him up, changed his eye level, hit him with some elbows, right? So, I don't know. I th- I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just kind of a stylistic issue for Tom Woodley or if it's a he needs to go see a sports psychologist because he's, you know, I not know. figuring Try not it out. to get into – the mentality, psychology stuff, because at the end of the day, we don't know. Yeah, um, no, again, it's just a what, thought. What, just what a I would thought. say, though, is that, yeah, it's going to be hard. He's going to be fine. He He's definitely an intelligent dude. His music sucks. Sorry, Tyron. But your music <laughs> is in and out of love. It is not good. In and out of uh, love. And uh, he could definitely be like a commentator. He has a TV, TMZ show. He could take our, take our jobs. He is way more popular his podcast would be ten times as popular uh, than this podcast. Um, but I, what I did like is that when he lost, he did an Instagram video where he basically just owned up to it and said, "Yeah, I wasn't good enough," which I kind of appreciated because I don't know if you saw it before. I think it was like on Friday or Thursday they released his uh, Mike Tyson um, interview. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Why? What happened? What do you say? I wanted to watch it, but I just think yeah, I'm gonna stop watching those things, man. Man, you you, you hate those Mike Tyson hot boxes. Yeah. 
No, man. And I like Mike Tyson and I like Marijuana, but like, man, no. Did you but, see what Deontay Wilder said about Mike Tyson and how? What did he say? I, I, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of like he didn't really fight champions or something like that. You guys haven't seen it? Well, that's an argument I've heard about Mike Tyson for a long time. That like he came at a time when the division was as weakest or something like that. I've heard that argument before. Um, I, was I, can't, I can't remember what exactly he said, so I don't want to misquote him. But I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of like Mike Tyson didn't fight like who the was competition wasn't but, stiff, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard the argument before. People have said it before, so I it wouldn't be out of the, out of the ordinary for Deontay Wilder to say it. Um, look, I, it is what it is on that one. Honestly, it's, it is what it is. Um, Mike Tyson, like, what you know, we, did his thing. Mike Tyson didn't run from anybody though, so. Yeah, like, what do you want from the man? To go back and re, and make sure other guys are good enough so he yeah, can Yeah, like, <laughs> you want Muhammad Ali to, to, you know. Yeah, like. It's one of those re- weird arguments, you know. Um. Silly, man. It, it's, it's, it's a silly argument, but. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, like, I okay. Back on Tyron Willie though, I you know we're talking. About, we spent like ten minutes talking about Tyron Willie, but again, Gilbert Burns looked good. You know, yeah, he looked good. He looked good. He's calling out Kamaru Usman. I think that's a bad matchup. Um, I I would really love to see him versus Colby Covington because no, I I would really love to see it. I, I would really love to see it because because. Just from a marketing perspective, of Gilbert Burns is the new savior of Brazil, and Colby Covington, what was his claim? Yeah, that was my other take, man. What is going? What is in the water in Brazil, man? Country of killers, just like a killer factory. I'll tell you what's in the in the oh, the, the water. I'll hey, tell you what's in the water. Hey, 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 hey! Let's save the lawsuits, please. Let's save the lawsuits. I'll tell you what's in the water. <laughs> no, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> We'll talk. We'll talk about it. But no, yeah, he killed it. He was really good. Yeah, no. Um, I just, I really liked his kicking game that night. Like a lot of people talked about that knockdown early, mm-hmm. um, but his kicking game was really solid. He hit Tyron with like a calf kick, um, in the third round, and you could tell it buckled Tyron a lot. And he, he, he liked to go to this. He would throw, he would throw either a rear or a. A lead roundhouse kick, and if it didn't land, sidekick came up immediately. And it's a combo that a lot of people are starting to go to now. I used to do it in Taekwondo a lot, um, so I'm very shocked and surprised that a lot of these kind of guys are doing it nowadays. So mm. I'm very, I I, I like this kicking game. I, I thought it was very, very creative. Um, it, it technically it needs a little, you know, but then then again, who? Oh, we lost him again. Um, he looked good. All right. Am say I back? The last, say the last 10 seconds of what you just said, we lost him. Just in case. Uh, no, I was saying that. I just, I was just talking about how his kicking game was creative. Um, yeah. Are there any other fights you want to talk about? Um. Well, a couple points. One, Mackenzie Dern. Um. She gets the first uh, leg submission in female MMA history in the UFC. Sorry, in female UFC history. Um, you know, look, as much as I hate on Mackenzie Dern for, you know, her weight cut issues and, you know, just being disingenuous in general, uh, she, she, she came in to, to the apex, 
She made weight and looked good. You're right? Yeah, she looked yeah. good. Um, she looked but then good. again, she was fight, fighting probably the smallest fighter in UFC, in the UFC, in Hannah Cypher, who must be like 4'11 or something. So, right. I mean... Let, let's see the official stats on Hannah Cypher. She's got to be like 5'2", even smaller. Like, she's tiny. Yeah, but you know what the thing about Mackenzie Dern, and this is one of the reasons why she didn't make weight, is that she's a big 115. She's a big 115. That is um, okay. You know, but I, I could, but yeah, Hannah Cyphers, the thing about Hannah Cyphers is a lot of people call her one of the purest boxers in the female. What? Yeah, what? a lot of people, which right, I never got that. I never got that. that. I don't want to be smirch fighters on this podcast, but the purest boxer? The purest boxer in the female. Aldana. I, 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 you got, what, what's the other uh, Russian lady's name? Um, Kvyat, oh man, what's her name? It's escaping me right now. But Irene, like, Ald- Irene Aldana is a, is a, like a killer, but. Yeah, no, people have said that. Like, she's got some crisp boxing. And you can see she's a good striker. I'm not saying she's bad, but, like, I've never gotten that. Striking that is definitely her strong point, but, like, she's just yeah. so small. Um, that the I just official stats on her is 5'1", 115. Right? I don't believe 5'1". I'm sorry. 5'1 is generous. tiny. Five I remember when she fought Angela Hill, who is tiny as well. Like, she looked way shorter than Angela Hill. Like, yeah. way shorter. But and in, but in like fairness, like yeah. But in fairness, again, Mackenzie Dern's a big 115. Like she's thick. Um, like in a, I'm not saying that to be. See, I. But she's. Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, she's. But again, she's not in the straw weight division, right? No, but in terms of pure boxing, though, is what we're talking about. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is that they call her the best pure boxer in the strawweight division okay man which All is right. a stretch <laughs> it's a stretch but like oh, man shout out hannah cyphers man but come on man yeah yo put her, I, i've heard that before and i was kind of shocked right i was in adam weight division <laughs> man but yeah no again she she got a it's the first leg submission and female ufc history i don't know what mma history but in female ufc history so We'll take it, you know. It is what it is on that one, and yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. Pardon? Moving on. Moving on. But shouts out them though, and female right. MMA is cool. Shouts out MMA. I'm oh, sorry, female mixed martial artists. Yeah. That's cool. Um. All right. Uh, one fight that I wanted to talk about was the uh, I don't even know this guy's name. Gutierrez versus Morales fight. It was pretty much the first Ooh. fight on the card. Yeah. Nasty leg kicks, TKO. Uh, I think it was something like only the ninth time there's ever been uh, a leg kick. Eleven. Oh, my bad. Bad stats. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. The first round, this guy comes in landing some of the meanest leg kicks I've ever seen in my life. Um, and literally, I've also never seen this. This The guy, uh, Morales, first of all, he's coming off an ACL injury that he got like less than like eight months ago or something like that. And literally in the first round, his leg was ballooned. Like it was so swollen. Like I've not seen a leg like that 
in mixed martial arts in a long time. So that was gruesome. Shout out to Gutierrez. He, yeah, he won that pretty well. Do you have any other fights you want to talk about? No. Okay. Um, shout out Brock Weaver. Uh, Mike, shout out to Brock Weaver. Yeah, what? he lost, but like I just I you know we're in Canada. I'm down with the Native Americans and Indigenous people fighting the good fight. Um, in this case, he was is he literally Canadian? Fighting. Pardon? Is he Canadian? No, he is. He represent. He lives on like a, a Native American reserve. Um, yeah, he's not Canadian. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, but he's like deep, deep into like the. I don't want to say Native. I hate saying Native American, but that's the proper term. The indigenous community. Indigenous in Canada and First Nations in Canada. Oh, okay. American. No. So I'm gonna say. Sorry, American. sorry. I apologize. Uh, although I hate that term. Yeah, let's use indigenous. Let's use indigenous. Uh, um, the indigenous populations of America, and yeah, he's had two UFC fights so far. Kind of being overmatched, unfortunately. I didn't know who this Roberts guy was. I'm gonna be honest. I've, I, never I've kind of kept my eye on him a little bit. Now, the the thing about Roosevelt Roberts um, is he he does tend to get backed up a lot, and although his takedown defense is good. In these lower matchups, like a Brock Weaver, for example, or um, you know, he beat he beat a Russian gentleman, a Russian cat, um, a couple a couple months ago um, in 2019. We probably covered it. <laughs> yeah, we probably we probably talked about, but um, he he lost to Vince Bissell, Um so that was that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, like I think. This guy. <laughs> How crispy. <laughs> you got to get it. What happened? Say it again. Say it again. Ah, oh, I cut out again? Yeah. Nah. It's not important. Okay, with Roosevelt yeah. Roberts. Roosevelt Roberts, yeah. Yeah, um, I was just really impressed with him. So. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was really impressed with him. I just think that, you know, he's got to clean up some things, obviously, but I just really like, like, that's my, between him and Dern, um, Dern, because she made me eat some crow pie, um, not necessarily because she won, but just because I've been, you guys know how much I dog on Mackenzie Dern, right? Yeah, you guys know, um, I'm, I'm probably the biggest Mackenzie Dern here. Unfairly. Sorry? I said unfairly, might I add, but say ah, right. Yeah. Eh, eh. Okay. Um, another fight that I wanted to make sure that I got some props to was, um, the Jamal Hill fight. That guy was good. I watched a couple of his fights, um, now, and I think they've both been first round TKOs, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he looks pretty, pretty good. He reminds me, and this might be a terrible comp, uh, comp, he reminds me of the Nigerian dude, uh, not Yusuf, the other guy. Do you know oh, who I'm talking about? Yeah. What, what, what's it called? Was he the... I can't remember. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. But he was in light heavyweight. He was in yeah, exactly. He's a light heavyweight. Yeah, not Sadiq Yusuf, the other guy. Yeah. Um, Shout out that guy, Nigeria. Olajita Wale or something like that. Some, some crazy... Something thing. like that. Something like that. 
Um, but no, he has a really upright style, which and he leaves his chin way, way up there, yeah. <laughs> which is always fun to see at the highest level. But he's knocking dudes out, so. <laughs> Man. You know what the thing is, though? What, what really stood out to me in this fight is how big the 205ers are getting. Sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. There was a while I considered myself a 205. No. No. Man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did, I remember, so for people who don't know, I, I'm an undersized middleweight. At yeah, at the height I'm at, I'm a very undersized middleweight, like like midget like, um, you know. And the reason why is just because I have a big build, like I'm I'm pretty muscular. There's there's just nothing. Is that I can what do they about. call? It? Is that what they call it? Yes, lack yes. Discipline. That's what they call it now. Or? Yeah, lack of discipline. No. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, but a lot of a lot of the reason why is because, you know, what constitutes as as high as being a small middleweight like even three years ago and what's a small middleweight now is completely different. So imagine like heavyweight where you're really seeing the size difference nowadays. Just holy crap. I remember being like 17 around that age. So dating myself as almost 10 years ago, um, right before I moved to Canada and I was watching a lot of UFC at the time. And they were like rampage Jackson, six foot two Oh five. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds sounds about what I weigh. No, no, these guys are monsters. Even like what's his name uh, that was on um, the podcast uh, last week. Uh, Frank, uh, uh, Professor Frank, Frank, yeah, Professor Frank. Uh, his uh, his um, oh my goodness, his, Ozzy Diaz, Ozzy, Ozzy yeah, yeah, that he was uh, and fights in middleweight. Like, come on, yeah, <laughs> like, come on. Adesanya is what six four, six five, yeah. Like it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like guys are getting big. Like even even the featherweight division. I Ortega versus Holloway. Are you kidding me? Those guys looked like they were in welterweight. Maybe Ortega. like and that's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, I mean Ortega needs to fight again. That's another thing. But that's another story for another time. Let's he might that. be fighting uh, TKZ. Oh, is he? Finally. Yeah, man. But again. Um, yeah, I, these guys are getting big, and jo, jo, I, I, this is where jo, John Jones will really be tested of if he's going to be the greatest of all time without the drugs, because there are some killers. There are some killers coming, right? And I'm not saying necessarily Jamal Hill is going to be the guy, but you got guys, you got guys who are legitimate. In I mean, you you don't know how Tiago Santos is going to recover from that massive knee injury. But he was a killer. Mm-hmm. Dominic Reyes is still there, right? Jan Blahovitz has figured something out, right? Um, Johnny Walker, if he can get himself back in there, that's his height and length can be a problem. That's um, enough. that's enough, man. No, but you, you know what that reminds me of that. That reminds me of like um, when the Raptors got to marry Carol, and they're like, "Oh man, if we get matched up." With LeBron, oh, no, I think I really think Demari Carroll's defense and his length, his height. That's not the same thing. Who said that? For the record, for everyone who said that deserves, really deserves to well, be shot. the gear you said that. Watch your tongue. Ah, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Shout out uh, to Demari Carroll. I, I believe in Messiah, the Messiah, but no, that that was a that was a bad thing. He was the fun fact about Demari Carroll. He was the only hawk. On that starting five, that is the year before we got him, who didn't make the All Star team. Yeah, so what is that? Yeah. So what is that? All right. 
<laughs> but he was like the glue guy. He was a glue guy. No, I get it. Um, but it, I, I just feel like that narrative of yeah, no, if he can fulfill his potential with his length and the like, at the end of the day, what's in between here counts as well. And I yeah, feel like no, I get Walker it. hasn't I, I shown that yet, unfortunately. Um, but Nikhil Krylov is there. Like there are some, there are some guys, and they're big and John Jones. Not that would be, but can give him trouble, right? That can realistically give him some some issues and are long. But like that's the thing. They're, it's not just like skill wise. They're there. They're long. They're tall. Some of them are explosive, like a Thiago Santos. Um, you know. I, I really thought if Anthony Smith beat Glover Teixeira, you know, he can make a legitimate case that one more fight away and, you know, but again, there there are some guys there that I think can give Johnny... Did you say if Anthony Smith beat Glover Teixeira? I, if he did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. If he did. If he did, yeah. No, now, not so much. Not so yeah, much. yeah. If it's he so did, then I could definitely see an argument of Anthony Smith is in around the title picture because you have to keep in mind the fight before he would just be Alexander Gustafson. Yeah, right? he was smoking dudes on, on so, the like he was smoking everyone. But my, I guess the roundable point I'm trying to make though is 205 is no longer yeah 205 is no longer um John Jones and everybody John Jones DC and everybody else. There are some guys and John Jones needs to be at Jackson Wing training with. The, the high-level trainers, because um, it seems like Wink has a problem with that. Uh, Jackson Wink has a problem with that. Um, but, you know, again, those those are opinions of me. Yeah, man, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Just, you know, but again, when, when everyone's leaving because they're not feeling like they're getting attention, I don't know, what, what do you want me to tell you? Hilarious. But, but yeah, again, I, back on Jamal Hill, like, he's, he's one of those kids where... You know, physically, he has all the tools. Long yeah. reach, right? Very long reach. Very tall. Muscular kid. Kid looks good physically, right? And he's knocking out. He's knocking out. Um, really, you know, really, 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 really good prospects. So, again, I'm I'm interested to see what he can do. All right. Okay, so the last fight that I wanted to give, sorry for no selling. That was a terrible no sell. But no, hey, it's fine. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's why I brought it up. Jamal Hill, black power, black excellence. Um, not that he's black. Even if it was white, his skills look really nice. But the fact that he make, that he's black makes it all the more sweeter. Although I, um, I really do think he should tuck his chin in a little bit. Tuck that chin in, buddy. Like, are you kidding me? But you know, like Tony Tony Ferguson wrote it out to to twenty twenty man. Like you, can, there, there are guys who can do it. There are Tony guys who can. Ferguson's do it. different. Like he would move his head just like just when you're about to hit him. So like you're not hitting him like on the chin. You're kind of like. But you know like, what the thing is. Oh, Tony Ferguson can take unbelievable punishment. Yeah, we haven't even seen how this guy can take a hit yet. But, like, here's the crazy thing, too, is that there's a lot of guys who do a lot of things that would make your striking coach, I guess, if in a Muay Thai gym, sure. really cringe. Um, you Talk know, for, chin, Come on. Yeah, like Dominic Reyes, for example, like he likes to like move his move his hands before he moves his feet. Um, yeah, he does. That, do that. that makes me like it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> but it works. It works for him. Whatever and it's works, crazy. Man. Whatever um, works. Yeah, you get, got, anyway, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no problem. 
Um, the last part I wanted to talk about really, really quickly, because I just... It's not really too many too much to say about this, but the Billy Hugh versus Carlisle fight, the Alpha Ginger. Can we just dead the gimmicks? Like I love gimmicks, but like, come on, man. Billy Hugh's my boy, actually. I talked yeah. to him once on on, on Twitter. Did I ever tell you about? He's a good guy. Good guy. Shouts out um, Billy Q, man. I liked I liked when like the dude was walking away and hit him. He ran after him and hit him. That was pretty cool. Shouts out Billy Q. Yeah, what was what, what like Carlisle's thinking? <laughs> But you know the funny part is like that dude looks like he's got so much power for some reason, like it almost defies logic. They actually had to do a five pound allowance because Spike said it wasn't enough time for him to make weight. So mm. yeah, they actually so Billy built so they came in, so he came in at I think one fifty. Oh yeah, that kind um, of thing is yeah. But so, Billy won. Yeah, no, like good shouts out to Billy Hugh. Like again, I. I I'm really impressed with Billy Q's ability to, to fight off his back. Um, and that was the whole thing for me is that Billy Q is one of those guys when, when Holloway was on top, I was like, we don't really know what Holloway can do on the ground, you know, against like, because I, that's where I thought, that's where I thought Ortega was going to have a lot of success, right? It's like if Ortega can just, Get him down there. You don't know what's going to happen. But did we review the Ortega fight? Like, we, 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 didn't get to. We, we didn't have a podcast back then. But, oh, yeah. That man. was a spot. That was a yeah. spot. Sure, that might have been one of the most one-sided title yeah. fights I've ever watched in my life. No, no, because in Amanda Nunes versus Ronda Rousey happened, my friend. But Yeah, but it's it's different when it's like a quick one. Yeah, it looked like a nice out, But that was like... like Five rounds of domination. Yeah, it, it looked like an ISIS video. It was pretty bad. It um, was really bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what? You know, but again, Billy Q is just one of those guys where I think he has an interesting style. Um, that if he can just kind of clean up a couple things here and there, I don't see why not with him, right? Why why not face a ranked opponent? Um, why not? You know, so. Um, and that's not just a bias of me, like actually liking the cut of the guy's jib. Like I'm, I call it like I see it. And wow, I think okay, we have to clip that. You just said the cut of the guy's jib. Okay, last one for me is uh, it's, it's an expression. You know? I know it's an expression from like the 1930s. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Caitlin Chikagian who got revenge on Antonina. Um, oh, that was <laughs> Shevchenko. Oh, oh my word. <laughs> Right? What only do you do in MMA. Can't... We'll just leave it there. Just only in MMA. <laughs> what do you do when you can't beat somebody for the title? You beat up their sister. And it just goes to show that greatness is not genetic. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you could tell Caitlin was enjoying that. She was... She oh. was definitely <laughs> Man, no. You can you can see in some you can see in some like it like some camera angles. She was <laughs> she was getting hear about that. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, That's <no>. wild. <laughs> she she was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Shevchenko, eh? All right. <laughs> but you know what was interesting t- to me about that fight? Like just kind of completely off MMA note. Um. Kayla wants to have a baby after she retires, so she she's like probably one or two years in and she's done. Caitlin? Yeah, Caitlin she gave, she she mentioned um she kind of alluded to it post fight, but she mentioned she got deeper into it um you know 
in her pre in her post fight interview kind of um, in the press conference that she's having baby fever or something. And then, you yeah. know, a lot of times, sorry. And a lot of times you kind of forget that these people, you know, like these fighters, I don't know what it is with MMA fighters, but a lot of times people forget that they're, you know, human, you know, and they have human emotions and, yeah. and human motivations. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part about the Gilbert Burns win is because from all accounts, he's like a family guy and yeah. just like a good, good dude. And you can see how pumped he was when he won. Like he knew he won. And that was pretty – like, Tyron Woodley, honestly, is one of my favorite fighters. But I was happy for Gilbert Burns. Why am I always happy for the guy who beats Tyron Woodley? What's going on with me, man? Because one of them was Nigerian and one of them is a good guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I liked. Uh, but there are also lots and lots of female fighters and male fighters. Or mostly female fighters with uh, with children. Uh, what's her name? Amanda Nunez's girlfriend – it's about to have a, it's about to have a child, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, she's she's a real good fighter too. Um, yeah. Can't remember. Why, who's am I, why am I drawing a blank on her name? I really like her kicking game. Yeah, I can't remember. Who's oh, Jesus. Anyway, yeah. No, I guess those are all. I guess those are all the fights I want to shout out. Yeah, those are all. The, we did pretty much all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, Damn near. Yeah. <laughs> Damn near all of them, uh, but there's so many interesting stories, and that's the trash part about MMA is that the stories always get lost. They get bo- bottled down into these like two thirty second like clips. But see, this is my thing: is that you can Pride used to do a great job of promoting stories, right? Yeah. You know, what I'm saying it doesn't always have to be a guy crap talking on a mic for thirty minutes at a time. It can sometimes just be here's a story, here's a motivation. Go after it. Like, I think Sakuraba maybe said five words, and, like, it was in between smoke breaks. But, oh, they, you know, they promoted the, the crap out of them. Um, anyway. Okay. What have we got left? What have we got left? Because we're running kind of long on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got an ask question segment. Nice. So, Do you have any questions? Uh, what question? This is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I guess I can put it to football, too, is that is it okay not to – is it okay not to like a person from your gym slash – a teammate of yours on a training team, you know, training camp or whatever. Um, I guess it's okay. It's a free country. You're allowed to do whatever you want. I don't know if it's then your right to start making it a toxic environment. I think that's where your rights stop. But within your mind, you're allowed to express whatever you want and feel however you want. But when it comes to the collective, then you have to bury your ego and do what's best for everybody else. I, I think of like Kobe Covington, for example. Like, like what is going on there? Oh, he Talk left. About, he left ATT. He's gone already, exactly. Yeah. But you could tell like that's a case where he had so much beef that he felt like he wasn't he wasn't even comfortable there, and it was a toxic environment. And the I remember the his gym put like a code of conduct and. All that stuff, like, yeah, that's just when it starts going too far. So before it gets there, I would say, in your mind, to your personal friends, do whatever you want. Talk as much crap as you want. But when it comes to either work or your team or the gym, then I would keep your thoughts to yourself and keep a cordial. Jeremy, um, when you were on the football field, ever did you ever have a problem with one of your teammates or, or whatever? I mean, I'm sure I did, but it never got to a point where it affected what we did on the field. 
But I will say it's easier in MMA not to like someone from your gym and still be successful than it is in a sport like football or other team sports only because you don't have to like your teammates and still succeed, but I think your team has a better chance of succeeding if these guys are guys that you can, like, spend time outside of the field with or anything like that or or develop some kind of team camaraderie. I think the reason why the Raptors are so good and they're the number one team in terms of buy-in, in terms of my, like, opinion, they're the number one team in terms of buy-in because they genuinely like each other. And And Lakers is the best coach in the world. But yeah, yeah, and like when Nick Nurse, at least one of them. I I thought he was gonna win Coach of the Year this year, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. like when Nick Nurse, when Nick Nurse decides to switch up the defense entirely, uh, and one what, guy is when he really went to the press against Mavericks, God, yeah, like when one guy isn't really down with that, <laughs> if 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 these guys didn't have a good team camaraderie, like that wouldn't really work. But I feel like in team sports, the more you like each other, it, it definitely helps. So like. In team sports, at least, it's uh, it it gives you an advantage to like one another. Sure. What I will say to counter that, though, before you jump on, Michael, and we wrap this up soon, um, is Professor Frank, some of the interviews that I did, everybody says, yeah, MMA might be an individual sport in terms of there's one or two guys in the ring, but it's also a team sport because you got sparring partners, you got your coaches, you got your pad holders, like you got people who you go jogging with, uh, you know, people who you're cutting weight with people sometimes, like it, it, it's a team effort. So in a way, you kind of do have to have that camaraderie within your gym. If not, it's you're going to have just as tough, tough a time and you might as well do what Kobe did. Go somewhere, start your own gym. Get people who are actually going to like you. Um, I guess, you know, I'll make this quick. Um, I'll, I'll leave on this note. I've played basketball. I've played football. I've done MMA, right? In terms of high level, like high ish levels. Um, you know, I compete in a couple uh, Taekwondo tournaments as well. Um, out of all the sports, the one sport where I felt team camaraderie the most was MMA, which was weird. Um, so. In theory and principle, I do agree with Jeremy that you it is easier to kind of be um, successful if you don't like somebody part as part of your team in MMA MMA than it is in let's say a basketball. I you feel the community more so in MMA, and I don't know football team had divas. Yeah, we had some divas. We we had some divas, um, myself included, but. You, I guess, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it's okay necessarily. Okay, I think it's okay to dislike somebody based on certain things, but I don't think it's okay to strain a relationship between the gym because of it. And there are lots of reasons that we will talk about off air, if you like, as to how that can happen. Some absurd, like really absurd, but it happens. And when it does happen in MMA, it tends to lead to somebody leaving the gym entirely, right? And I think that's kind of the issue. So, and the problem is they're not necessarily the best of professionals about it. So I would say that while it's okay to dislike somebody, don't allow it to strain 
the relationship with the group. Just don't drill with them. Don't, like, there are ways to do it. But I guess, you know, it's a loaded question, and time's up. So. Yeah, time yeah. is up. Okay, um, any last things before we get into our uh, social our social media um, plug? Um, so Felicia Spencer and Amanda Nunes are going to be fighting uh, this Saturday. Uh, go Canadians. Uh, go for the Canadian Felicia Spencer. I'm honest to goodness, as much as much dog doo-doo as I've talked about Felicia Spencer's chances, I legitimately want her to win. For so, sure, me too. And you know what? I might actually put some money down. Yeah, I'll put some shekels down on Felicia. Yeah, some shekels. I like the way you say that. Yeah, I might put some shekels down because have you seen the marketing for this? Like the promo for this fight? Oh, they're, they're making her look like a world champion. I, I love it. They're- I disagree. They are besmirching her name. <laughs> like besmirching. Are we talking about Amanda Nunes or? Felicia? Oh yeah, no, no, I'm talking about Felicia Spencer. Oh no, they're besmirching her name for like, sure. She might as well not be in the promo. Like I'm not even <laughs> sure I remember her being in the promo. Like maybe like for like two seconds. Like it's all Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I really. Yeah, know. no, that yeah, they're 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 calling her the greatest of all time. It's crazy. It's it's. Is that really besmirching? Felicia. No, no, but there's two fighters. Like it's no, not- but here's the thing: is that it's so overwhelmingly like I I saw this. I, I don't know if it's still the case, but I saw the 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 betting lines, and Felicia's like something around the, the lines of plus six hundred, like some insane number, insane number, right? I mean, of an underdog. Like they're giving her no shot, and it's a sad thing. But at the same time, if you ask around, it's, it's a fair. fair, yeah. But at the same time, like come on, man. Like, give yeah. her some promo time. Some time in the promo. It's her promo. Like, come on. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, other yeah, than that, Bundesliga is still... Card. That's a sweet card. I'm looking at some of the... Yeah, fights. yeah, no, it's... Oh, it's... Um, versus Garbrandt, Sterling versus Sandhagen, Magny. Uh, you got Sean O'Malley, Chase Hooper, Ian Heinish, who's always good. Yes. Yeah. No, fight. it's a good card. It's a good card. I, they're, they're really shallow now. Um, yeah, no, it's a good card. I like the card. Uh, other than that, oh, Bundesliga is going on, so watch that. And Premier League is back in the month. Sorry? The Premier League is back in the month. Yeah, Premier League is back in the month. And what else? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. NBA votes for their season Thursday, apparently. So Thursday, you know. Really be on the lookout for that. Other than that, yeah. Okay, anyone take it away with the socials before we leave. The socials? Yeah. Right. Is that the thing that Stefano does? Yes. yes. Okay. Follow us. Uh, so follow the leg kick on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, follow us, watch us, share us, and if you don't, I will kill you. I won't even be. I won't even be. I won't even be creative about it. I'll just take one in broad daylight, hit you in the back of the head with a baseball bat, and pay the consequences. What? What? Okay. <laughs> Take it, you, you I, it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Man. Okay. Take the 
<laughs> All right. Uh, in a world where where we can tell people we're gonna kill each other without lawsuits, I guess. Um, I'm your host, Michael. And remember that even though the virus is a thing and the protests are a thing, you still have some positivity for the most part in this Like It podcast. Um, so make sure you get yourself a thing. Sorry? Right. Said, so make sure you have yourself a thing. Yeah, the- unlike Jeremy, that loser. Ah! Slide into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. Slide into Jeremy's DMs. All right. All Everybody, right. take it easy.